Next on the number one tee, it's Golf Talk Seattle with your caddy, Josh Kearns, on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Four! Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. And welcome back to Golf Talk Seattle, your local golf show. I remain your ever humble caddy, Josh Kearns. And we are back at Glen Acres Golf and Country Club, my club. And yes, I'm always shilling it, and we have great deals on membership, and you can play in less than four hours all the time, and we have grass rangers and blah, 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 but that's not why we're here today. It just so happens uh, this week, the Washington State Golf Association is out with a team of course raiders. And you know, you look on your scorecard, you see the slope, you see the the rating from the different tees, and the guys behind that and gals uh, work tirelessly to constantly update that for us. And so I was able to catch up with them. And John Sagner is here with us from the WSGA. Um, he's done this for, I don't know, 173 years, I think, since the gutta per- how long? 30? 30. 30. John retired last year only to be brought back in like Godfather 3. I tried to get out. They pulled me back. So John is now a consultant. Still doing these, John. It is great to have you on the show again. Well, thank you for letting me talk to you. John, let, you know, the basics. Rating a course. Uh, what? For, first of all, for those who don't really even realize what is slope, what does rating mean, let's start with the real basics. Those numbers at the end of the scorecard. The uh, USGA course rating you see is the score that the uh, scratch golfer will be expected to shoot. Uh, the slope rating, what that is, is a difference between the course rating we, sh- we get for the scratch golfer and we also get one for the bogey golfer. And the larger the difference between the two, the higher the slope rating. So I can tell you that basically if you have a, a course rating of 70.0 for the scratch and 91.3 for the bogey, which is a difference of 21.3 then you get 113 slope which is the standard slope rating in the United States so when you look if you're a golfer and you look should if I want to know oh this course could be pretty hard for me or not I know that our slope's 135 which is kind of is that the first place you look or should you always be looking at both numbers uh, I tend to I would look at the course rating first because that that gives me a general idea of the difficulty of the golf course um the higher the course rating, of course, the, the more difficult it is. Probably 95% or more of your USGA course rating is the effective playing length of the golf course, which means how long is the hole? Do the holes go uphill? Do they go downhill? Are the fairways firm or are they soft? Do you have a, a prevailing wind, which in western Washington we really don't have that unless you're out at the ocean. Uh, but if you go over to Ellensburg and some of the area, other areas of the state that we're responsible for, you do throw a wind adjustment in there. Uh, so uh, basically, if I, Josh, what I could give you, if I gave you uh, the formula, you could look at a scorecard and probably get within half a shot of the course rating without even going out there since most of it is yardage. But um, we need to get out there and evaluate the obstacles that are there. And the larger the difference between the two for the scratch and the bogey golfer, the higher the slope rating, and very seldom do they ever play from the same spot other than the teeing ground because they just don't hit at the same distances. So you're out there, uh, take people through the process there. Uh, I came out, I saw uh, teams of two out there, and you guys were all writing down all sorts of numbers and lasering and everything. So what does that rating process actually look like? Uh, what we're doing is um, for, the, for, the, for male golfers, 
we are going 200 yards off the tee. Uh, that is how far our bogey golfer hits it. We're going to evaluate that. How, how wide are the fairways at that spot? How far from the center of the fairway are hazards, water, ha well, penalty areas now? How far to out of bounds are penalty areas? Um, and we evaluate that there. And now we move down to 250 yards off the tee, which is where our scratch golfer is. We do the same thing there, measure how wide the fairways are and you know how the distance to all the obstacles. Now, if we're doing women, we do it a little bit, a little bit differently on the yardage. We know that our scratch female hits at 210 yards, and our bogey female hits at 150. So we're going to those spots, and generally what you look at, for example, uh, the bogey male hits a tee shot of 200. He can go a total of 370 yards in two shots. So if a hole happens to be 420 yards, well, guess what? He's only got a short third shot into the green which is not much of a problem for him, even though distance still makes up for that. But, uh, and, you know, for the bogey woman, she can hit at a total of 280 in, in two shots and 410 yards in three shots, so she actually goes as far in three shots as the scratch woman does in two. So you're, you're working your way down the hole to each of those positions. You're evaluating it, and, uh, you know, like I said, the larger the difference between the two, the higher the slope rating will be. So, for example, if you you give uh, the tree obstacle a four for the scratch and a six for the bogey, that's a pretty significant difference. So uh, that's what we're trying to do is figure out what the you know what the scoring is like for each of those golfers. And so, when we issue a USGA course rating, it is for the scratch golfer. Very rarely does anybody ever see what the bogey course rating is. And the larger the difference between the two determines the slope rating. So I think what you'll, you'll see going forward is I think we're also going to issue the courses, the bogey course rating at the same time, whether they'll put those on the scorecard or anything, I cannot tell you. But I think that would give the average golfer a good idea of what the difficulty of the golf course is, is if we had something out there that showed the bogey course rating versus the slope rating because people – you know, I can prove to you that a, a golf course that has 120 slope is more difficult than one that has 130 because the course ratings could be different. Mm -hmm. So I think that that should be something that we should get out there for people to, to see is what would the bogey golfer really shoot, which is probably our average golfer for males and and probably for the females also. Talking to John Sangner with the Washington State Golf Association about course ratings. Uh, and you can find all this at thewsga.org uh, if you want to check this out, learn a, a lot more about that. And, John, tell me about the different criteria. I, you guys talked a lot today. I overheard you talking about trees, for example. But you obviously, I, I assume you have trees. You have the, the green complex, bunker complexes. What are all the different factors that go into it? Uh, what we're doing is we've got, we've got 10 different obstacles uh, the, other than yardage. Uh, we've got topography, which means what is your stance problem? Is the, is the lie flat? Or are you hitting it from a downhill stance to an uphill green? Uh, you got fairway, which means how wide is the fairway in relationship to how long the hole is? Uh, then probably the most important obstacle in the, in the whole thing is, is called green target. And what that is is we try to find out what the effective diameter of the green is. So if it's 20 yards long by 30 yards wide, what we do is we add them together. It comes up to 50 and divide it by 2. So our effective diameter is 25. Well, 
then we have our shot links into that. A 100-yard shot to a 25 would probably get uh, a higher value than if you had a 100-yard shot into a green that's a 30 diameter. And we also, after that, uh, we have rough and recovery, which means if you miss the fairway or if you miss the green, what are the difficulties in recovering? And that also ties into the green target number. So we need to agree between the people that are rating what the green target number is because it also drives the rough and recovery. It also drives the bunker rating. And what the bunker is is what portion of the green is covered by bunkers? Is it less than a quarter of the green, more than a quarter, more than a half, or more than three quarters? Are the bunkers deep? Uh, we assume that the bunkers are are three up to three feet deep for men and two feet deep for women and once they start to get a little deeper than that then we'd have to make some adjustments and raise our values on that so if you get to a hole i think it's number 14 at out at snoqualmie ridge the the bear hole where you have the bunker up front right i think that bunker's 12 to 14 feet deep or something like that and i think on that hole we used a an adjustment of an extra four points for bunkers because it's so deep uh, we also look at the, uh, it's what's now called the penalty areas, whether they're lateral to play or they need to be crossed. Uh, we're also looking at trees, which uh, I think is probably the most uh, difficult obstacle to uh, assess because you may look at the trees, we may look at the trees together. You may think they're a moderate problem to recover from, and I think they're a difficult problem. So then we have to figure out between the two of us, what's the true value here? And then we, have green, then we have green surface, which means how fast are the greens if we, do, if we use a stent meter and what type of uh, slope or, or, you know, or tilt do we have on them. And then fi the final obstacle that we don't physically rate because the computer program does it for us is called psychology. And what that is is an accumulation of all the values that you've given the other nine obstacles. And it, it may make an adjustment up on that because of that. But that's what we're looking at. Ten obstacles every hole in addition to four uh, yardage, possible yardage adjustments. And uh, we're doing that for, for two golfers on every hole. So you're looking at probably doing close to 30 different evaluations every hole. 15 for the scratch golfer, 15 for the bogey golfer. And we're doing that for every set of tees on the golf course. Wow. Talking to John Sagner with the WSGA about course rating. So how many, you guys just, it, it seems like you're on a constant cycle. You and I visited about this a few years ago on another radio show I had. Um, but is it just a never-ending, and you get to the, it's sort of like painting the Golden Gate Bridge? It is. Um, the USGA mandates that you must do it once every 10 years. Um, I think that you'll find that we're going to be on a no more than a seven- to eight-year cycle. Um, we, You know, if a course needs to be... Uh, Visited between, you know, sooner than that, we'll definitely go out and do that. You know, if they've made changes to the golf course, or maybe somebody on the committee has played the golf course, and they come back and, and say, hey, John, I played, I played Glen Acres today. You know what? The greens are a lot faster than when we rated them. Or maybe they've cut down some trees. We'll go back in and we'll reevaluate it before that mandatory period because, uh, you know, our member clubs are paying us for that service. And that's why we need to get out there and get it done correctly so that the members' handicaps are ac an accurate reflection of their true scoring ability. Well, I will just tell people that are listening, John, that the dedication, the diligence with which you have done this for 
What did we say? It was 87 years? Yeah, about, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, for for the past. Anyway, thank you so much for your, and all your volunteers. If somebody wanted, you and I have talked about this before, you have room at some point in the future for volunteers, right? Who could learn how to do this? Uh, we always have room for good volunteers. Uh, if they're interested, uh, they can contact our office. The phone number is 1-800-643-6410. Uh, right now, you can talk to Colin Westwood, and he'd be glad to be glad to put you on our list. Um, we're pretty much through the summer right now, but uh, you know, if if you can get out and join us, maybe for one or two to kind of get an idea of what we're doing, um, you know, we glad to ha we'd be glad to have you. And then next year, if you know, if you decide that's what you'd like to do, we'll put we'll get you to a training session. There's actually a very good online training session through the USGA uh, that you can go. It'll give you an idea of what happens before you go out there. Um, and then you know we'd be glad glad to have you because it's uh, it's a never-ending cycle. I mean, we've got a lot of very good people. Uh, some of them are new. You know, some are newer than others. I've actually got a lady on the committee that uh, was there when I started in 1990. And, uh, you know, we've got, you know, I look at it, uh, my favorite part of the job is, is the volunteers I've got to work with because I got paid to do it. I love doing it, but I got paid to do it. They're doing it for another reason. And that's why the, you know, the association is volunteer-driven volunteer board of directors, a staff of 13 or 14 people, but uh, the volunteers are what make the job uh, the best part, you know. Uh, every golf course has something unique and uh, something good about it. You know, people ask me, well, what's your favorite golf course or what's the best one you've ever seen? You know, I like every one I go to. Uh, you know, you go to a golf course possibly that's, you know, it's up in the northern central part of the state that don't – they don't see you very often, um, and you come in there and and you're like gods to them, you know. And uh, hey, they're paying the do they're paying us their their membership dues just like the people at you know Seattle Golf Club or or, or, or at Sahali. They deserve the same service as anybody else. Well, we greatly appreciate all you do, and I love working with you guys, as you know. So, John Sagner, thanks so much. Hey, let us know if that retirement ever actually happens. It was a great party, I heard. Uh, it was it was very nice. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a feeling we'll be visiting again, John. Talk to you soon. Josh, thank you. You're listening to Golf Talk Seattle with Josh Kearns on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Hey, golfers. I know how much the game means to you, but it's nothing compared to what golf can do for a wounded vet or the family of a fallen soldier. Serving those who've made the ultimate sacrifice and their families is what drives the selfless founders and volunteers of a great organization I've gotten involved with called For the Fallen. For the Fallen is a local nonprofit that provides high-impact prosthetic, certified service dogs, and adaptive sports programs to ensure that America's heroes receive services and access at no cost to them. It's amazing. I went on a fitting recently, did a show about it. Uh, Leonard Anderson, a guy who, despite uh, severe injuries from an IED uh, and with the help of prosthetics, is able to swing the golf club and, and uh, hit the crap out of the ball, let me tell you. Anyway, for the Fallen, 
is committed to growing these programs which directly impact the lives of injured American heroes who volunteered to serve our great nation. And For the Fallen has helped quite a few vets and families, but there are so many more that need and want help, and you can help them deliver these badly needed services. So I cordially invite you to come on out and play in the fourth annual For the Fallen's Puget Sound Warrior Golf Classic. It's coming up on Saturday, August 24th at Eagles Pride Golf Course at Fort Lewis in Tacoma. And this is a fabulous tournament. Let me tell you, a million dollar shootout. You can win a car with a hole in one. There's 10 grand for another hole in one. Long drive, straight drive, putting contest, even a helicopter ball drop. Come out, support for the Fallen. It's for the Fallen's fourth annual Puget Sound Warrior Golf Classic. A fantastic weekend. Saturday, August 24th, Eagles Pride Golf Course at Fort Lewis in Tacoma. Just visit their website for, that's the number four, dash thefallen.org. Again, for thefallen.org. Golfers, you may not be able to play like top PGA Tour winners like John Rahm, Graham McDowell, or Andrew Putnam. You can get treated and trained by their golfing doctor, Dr. Harry Sesse at Golfletica in Bellevue. Dr. Sesse is the only certified chiropractic sports physician who actually works on tour with top PGA pros. If he can keep them playing and moving their best, you'll be amazed what Doc and the team at Golfletica can do for you. Whether you're a serious golfer or a weekend warrior, the Golfletica team are tour-proven experts in sports medicine, biomechanics, strength, and conditioning. Reach your golfletica.com and welcome back to golf talk seattle coming to you live from the keith bennett golf studios should we tell them we're sitting here in your car <laughs> why not this show i will take it on the road wherever <laughs> it goes uh keith bennett the uh, director of instruction at newcastle golf club or the golf club in newcastle keith bennett Great to see you, Pro Bro. We had uh, good work last week. And this week, one of the things you were posting about this week that I've heard a lot about but don't know anything about is the method for taking a much closer look. It's I guess it's sort of sabermetrics of golf to help better analyze your game. But you were talking about that on Instagram this week, and I thought that was something we could talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me back. Great to be back talking with you about golf and uh, helping everyone to get a little bit better each day. You know, for me and helping people to get better at golf, and, you know, those avid golfers who are always asking me, you know, how do I practice? How do I get better? What should I focus on? And, you know, I've been down that same road trying to improve myself all through high school, all through college. And now, you know, as a PGA professional and still trying to play competitively in tournaments, it's where the what the area of emphasis is, but also knowing where that is. So keeping statistics and in-depth statistics, you know, not just those surface statistics like greens and regulations, fairways and regulations, and putts per round that everybody kind of hangs their hat on, where those really don't tell the full story. Um, and so I've been using some systems lately over the past year that helped me to get a more broad look, a more in-depth look at what is actually going on in my golf game. And I think a lot of your regular golfers, your weekend warriors, could benefit a lot from that. It just takes a little bit of discipline at the end of the day. All right, so tell me about how you do that then. I mean, uh, you know, let's start with method because that is a an actual program that you're using. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the method of the program I use, it's actually called, it's called DECADE. Um, and DECADE is an acronym for Distance, Expectation, Correct Target, Analysis, Discipline, Execution. And 
It's a program developed by Scott Fawcett, and it's rooted a lot in um, what Mark Brody came up with when he developed the strokes gained putting and the strokes gained driving and the strokes gained approach statistics that have completely altered the face of statistics on the PGA Tour and how the PGA Tour players benchmark themselves against each other, compare themselves against each other, and then understanding where they're the best and understanding where they need help. And so it's a culmination of all these different things. And Scott put it together in this unbelievably tangible, really well, you know, cohesive thing that we can collect our data. Yes, it does take a little bit long, you know, longer at the end of the round because you have to write some things during your round. You have to keep some accurate statistics during your round. And it'll take you about 10 to 15 minutes to enter all this stuff, but it spits out every single statistic that the PGA Tour players see from, you know, from the stats that they get, which is just this huge list of stats that helps them figure out where they need to practice. But this this app and this this decade system gives you all of that right you know at your fingertips in this app and and to me it's like wow i i can get everything that the pga tour pros get and understand where i need to practice where i'm good where i'm weak and then i can focus my time and i can use my time effectively like you know how do i sign up it's just it's it's really incredible so we're talking to keith bennett keith bennett golf director of instruction golf club at newcastle and uh, official instructional consultant to golf talk seattle um, well, so going back though, there, there are so many stats out there and I'm this way with baseball too. Win, you know, wins over replacement, blah, blah, blah in baseball. And then all of these other, you know, uh, strokes gained putting things like that. What are some of the key stats that you look at that we all can look at? Um, you know, when we start talking about, okay, these are the areas you look at so that then you can focus better on, on areas of improvement. Right, absolutely. And, you know, this is something I put on my Instagram a while back. And, you know, I was kind of leafing through um, Mark Brody's book, Every Shot Counts. And if you're really interested in this stuff, it's a little kind of golf nerdy, kind of gets into the numbers and the statistics, but there's also a ton of information in there for your regular, you know, average golfer that can glean a lot of good course management stuff. And I was leafing through that book. Um, and I came upon the section on putting and he was talking Mark was talking about why the old statistic of, you know, counting your putts every round, why that is completely useless. And, you know, the real reason when you think about it is like if you're putting from 60 feet and you two putt, that's an excellent result because the average is the, you know, three putting from that spot. So if you two putt from there, you're going to be gaining strokes with that result. But if you two putt from four feet, you're going to be losing strokes to your peer group. And if you're counting putts, those both count as two putts. So you're not really getting any sort of good information that you can use to say, hey, I'm weaker from that short distance and I'm good at my lag putting. So you might just think holistically, ah, it's two putts that adds up to, you know, 39, 30, 40 putts per round. My putting's terrible. Okay. Yeah, that is a lot of putts, but where should you actually be, you know, where's that emphasis? Where do you need to practice? And so for me, that's the most valuable part of it all. And the strokes gained putting stat, you know, it's pretty simple. You know, if you talk about from eight feet, the, the tour average from eight feet is it takes them one and a half strokes to hole out on average. So simply, if you one putt from eight feet, you gain one half a shot. If you two putt from eight feet, you lose half a shot. So it's kind of they've collected enough data to say that from eight feet PJ tour pros take an average of 1.5 putts to hole out. So you can kind of see, 
if you're collecting these data that, that the decade system allows you to collect and then it spits these numbers out for you, you can see, wow, I'm incredibly weak from eight feet, but I'm above average from 20 feet. So I don't need to be spending my time out on the putting green just rolling putts to long distance targets. I need to be concentrating on my setup, my system, my pre-shot from four to eight feet and that work alone is going to help me increase my scores and I can use my time effectively, which for everybody out there is, you know, time's the most valuable thing. So then is it sort of similar principle with uh, 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 strokes, gain, driving, et cetera? They, they look at an average and then if you you do better than the average, you gain. If you lose, uh, if you're worse than the average, you lose uh, some certain points on that. Absolutely. Yep. It's, it's just all the same thing, right? So one of the easiest ones to remember is from 160 yards in the middle of the fairway, PGA Tour pros average three shots to hole out. So let's say you drive it in the middle of the fairway and you're 160 yards out. And a lot of people from that distance are thinking, attack the flag, attack the flag. You know, I got a nine iron, an eight iron in my hand, whatever the case may be. And then you take a step back and think, well, tour pros average three shots from here. So if I put it on the green and two putt, I am playing PGA Tour caliber golf. And a lot of people, when they hear that, they're like, wow, that's incredible. You know, I've been trying to do all these crazy things from 160 yards and, you know, fade one to a back right hole location and draw one to a back left hole location for right-handed golfers. And they end up doing something that's maybe a little bit advanced from their ability level and they get in trouble and they make a bogey. Whereas if they just stuck to their game plan, played their stock shot shape into the fat part of the green, two putted from 30 feet, got out of there with a par, they're playing PGA Tour golf. So knowing these things is very powerful for your expectation management on the car, on the golf course, which we've talked about before is understanding where am I on this golf course in relation to you know, what my expectation should be. And am I trying to do too much, which a lot of us are trying to do way too much from certain situations, especially when you get in the trees and the recovery situations, that's when you can actually gain a lot of strokes by just smartly executing a chip out into the middle of the fairway instead of trying to play the hero shot up to the green, hit a tree, you're back, you're making triple instead of making bogey. That sounds very familiar. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you played with me. All right, so where do we get the deck? Tell, tell people again, uh, and folks, grab, you know, maybe you want to grab a pen here to write this down. So the two things you talked about, Decade and then the book. Um, and there, I've given people long enough. You can rewind the podcast. Uh, tell us about that again. Yeah, so the Decade app is uh, something that Scott Fawcett developed. He's one of the – he probably is the leading coach in course management. And he has – you know, I've spoken to him a few times, but he's – transformed my view of playing golf but he's transformed the views of a lot of people playing golf I mean he has the top I can't remember what it is maybe top top five to twelve something like that college programs in the country d1 college programs all of those college players are entering their stats in his decade system so he has a breadth of knowledge and a breadth of stats that that he uses in the app to give you the best peer comparison to you know your skill level so that's the decade app and you can find that on the app store the itunes app store and then the book that you know a lot of this is rooted from who you know the the genesis of all this is every shot counts by mark brody and this is something that i probably got six years ago and i really wasn't ready for the information yet um but i read it and a lot of the stuff and it was incredibly amazing and the more that i got into the decade app the more that i played competitive golf the more it really hit me that this these two you know, pieces of information are kind of all I needed aside from improving a swing a little bit to play better golf with my current swing. And that's a lot of what I try, you know, what we've worked together with yeah. is that 
taking your current swing, but understanding how to play the game of golf. Because at the end of the day, it's a game and there's a strategy to get the ball in the hole quickest. And knowing how to do that is, is very powerful. Well, I, and I'm going to strongly encourage people to come and see you. You and I had a great playing lesson. this week. If you've never done a playing lesson, by the way, folks, it is so worth the, the investment because you work on different shots, different situations. In our case with Keith, you know, we're, we're hitting everything from flop shots. Although what I love is when I ask you how do I hit the shot and you say don't hit it here in the first <laughs> place, then you don't have to worry about it. it it's like, God. Uh, anyway, a fabulous playing lesson we had the other day, and I strongly encourage people to check you out, Keith, uh, KeithBennettGolf.com, Instagram, KeithBennettGolf, and also um, we're, we're talking about apps, the Skillist app that you use. Uh, anybody out there who's hearing this, you can send your uh, swing to Keith. He'll analyze it for you, and I've seen, you can, you've been getting a lot of really good results from people. I see them posting on Instagram that I shot my best round ever and stuff, so yeah. I guess it works, man. Yeah, it's been very fun. I mean, you know, the ability to work with, you know, I work with a, a young junior golfer, you know, she lives in India. And I, I work with other golfers from Seattle, but I also work with other golfers from Texas, from the East Coast, from Florida. I mean, so it's this very cool way. And, you know, in 2019, we have this ability to work with golfers all over the country. And you develop these relationships with them because you're working on their game. You know, you're talking about course management. You're talking about improving swing and all these cool things. Um, and it's a great environment to do that because, you know, you send in the video to me, I'll analyze it, you know, draw the lines, do all that cool, fancy stuff. But then I'll also film, you know, a, a five to 10 minute video for you explaining the drills that I want you to do for the next two weeks and why you're doing those drills. And, you know, then you can do them at your leisure and, and get back to me with when you feel like you've made the progress. And it's kind of this nice thing. And, and, and like you said, I've had a ton of really good success with people lowering their handicaps very quickly and shooting really good scores, you know fast so it's it's a great platform i'll tell people too that it's really cheap i mean <laughs> yeah. you you're so undervaluing yourself you're you know compared to your hourly rate but i i anyway i just think it's fabulous so i strongly encourage people keith bennett keith bennett golf you know what we should do is get the indian junior player on the show sometime we'll we'll get her on zoom that'll be fun anyway yeah. uh thank you keith i'm gonna go and apply what we worked on this week and try and keep my expectations realistic yeah keep those expectations in a good spot but you got to know the expectations in order to keep them in a good spot. So you got to have the knowledge. Right on. I'm going to download the Decade app right now. Keith, thanks so much. Thanks, Josh. Good to be here. I'll talk to you soon. This is Golf Talk Seattle with Josh Kearns on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Golfers, you may not be able to play like top PGA Tour winners like John Rahm, Graham McDowell, or Andrew Putnam. You can get treated and trained by their golfing doctor, Dr. Harry Sesse at Golfletica in Bellevue. Dr. Sesse is the only certified chiropractic sports physician who actually works on tour with top PGA pros. If he can keep them playing and moving their best, you'll be amazed what Doc and the team at Golfletica can do for you. Whether you're a serious golfer or a weekend and Warrior, the Golfletica team are tour-proven experts in sports medicine, biomechanics, strength, and conditioning. Reach your peak, golfletica.com. Hey, golfers, you hear me talk about my club, Glen Acres Golf and Country Club, a lot, and let me tell you, it's for good reason. Glen Acres is truly Seattle's hidden gem, just 10 minutes drive south of downtown. Classic 100-year-old design, small, challenging greens, lightning fast at times. We've got a great array of holes that test everything from the driver to your wedges, three grass driving ranges, and then a covered one when the weather gets crappy and the benefits go on and on. 
Oh, and how about playing a four-hour round or less whenever you want? That's just some of the benefits of Glen Acres. And best of all, for just 230 bucks a month, get unlimited golf and range balls, and you'll say so long to those maddening five-hour waits at your local Muni. Anyway, Glen Acres also has a number of options, including a discounted Twilight membership, couples, family, junior specials. Here's a deal for you. Come and join me at Glen Acres for the next month. We've got a member-for-a-month program. Just pay 250 bucks. You can get all the privileges for the next 30 days. Unlimited golf and range balls. You can try out the great food in our restaurant. And if you love the Glen like I do, well, then you can join. And if not, you are a private club member for a month. And then you can go back to that weekend slog trying to get a tee time and playing the five-hour round. Give our pro Dan Harrington and the team at Glen Acres a shout or check it out online, glenacresgolf.com. That's glenacresgolf.com. And you can tell them KJR's Dick Fane sent you. He's a devoted Glen Acres member, too. And frankly, they all think I'm a big pain in the ass, so my name probably not going to get you nearly as far. Four! Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. And welcome back to Golf Talk Seattle, your local golf show. I remain your ever humble caddy, Josh Kearns. And, uh, you know, one of the things I like to do with the show is connect people in our community there, especially those that are doing good and, and using golf to do that. And uh, I'm starting to try and showcase more great tournaments going on that benefit good causes. And there is an amazing one coming up, organization that I'm just learning about uh, and the folks that run that. And I'm so pleased to welcome to the show today Mary Kirchhoff, who's the executive director of Wonderland Child and Family Services. And these guys, I'll let Mary tell us about it uh, and welcome her to the show. But they've got a great weekend coming up here in August, um, a two-day event, an evening with Chris Berman from ESPN, and then the next day, the 20th annual Justin Van Hollebeck Memorial Golf Tournament with Chris Berman at the Golf Club at Newcastle. That's uh, August 10th and 11th. And so without further ado, Mary, I welcome you, and I'm so glad to learn more about uh, Wonderland and about this tournament. Well, thanks for having me on today. I really appreciate it, Josh. Uh, Wonderland was founded 50 years ago, actually, uh, last month. Uh, We just had our anniversary party in June. It was formed by a small group of women and a women's club to help children with developmental disabilities in their neighborhood. Today, we provide therapies and family supports for children with a range of disabilities or delays from speech and motor delays or feeding issues up to and including autism or medically fragile children. So we began serving just three kids 50 years ago, and now we serve over 270 families a month in North King and South Snohomish counties. And we just opened in our 50th year our second site and a new clinic uh, focused on prenatal substance exposure. So we're really excited about our Hope Rising Clinic in Bothell. So tell me about this tournament uh, this weekend. Sounds like a great weekend, um, and I'm looking forward to coming and being a part of that. Uh, You've got a a dinner on Saturday night, August 10th, with Chris Berman at the Western, and then the next day, the tournament. Uh, Give us the rundown on the whole weekend and how people can get involved. Well, we throw a great golf tournament for any range of golfer. We have people who participate who golf once a year at our tournament, and there's a place for them in their foursome. Uh, as you know, foursomes kind of create their own climate uh, and their own expectations up to really hardcore 
uh, golfers who are uh, determined to win that trophy. Uh, and we do actually have a, an official trophy that goes off with the, the group at the end of every year. Um, this year, because our tournament is expanded to include uh, legendary Chris Berman, uh, we're actually holding our tournament at Newcastle on both courses. So our traditional scramble format uh, will be held on China Creek. Uh, and uh, we're holding a second tournament, which is a best ball tournament on Coal Creek for uh, golfers who are a little more competitive. Uh, the best ball format is a little more competitive. Uh, my husband has us entered in the best ball. I'm a little nervous about it. Uh, but it's going to be great fun. We we put on a great event. We have um, contests beforehand, putting contests. Uh, Mr. Berman will be walking around at the event, uh, uh, meeting people, so everybody will have a chance to interact with Chris. And for those who are curious, he will, in fact, be golfing. Apparently, he's quite an avid golfer. Uh, I think, you know, when, when I've talked to people about this tournament, this unique tournament this year and this two-day event, they've asked, well, how did you get how did you get Chris Berman to show up at your uh, at your tournament? And in that you know seven degrees of separation, Kevin Bacon way, uh, I just learned last year that the young child who for whom the tournament is named for Justin, a little boy who uh, received services from Wonderland a little more than 20 years ago. This is our 20th year for the tournament. Who Pat, Justin passed away just shortly after he finished services as, at age three, but I did not know until last year that his grandfather was, as Chris Berman calls him, the George Washington of ESPN. Uh, he and some really early investors, I guess 40 years ago, it's 40 years for them, founded ESPN as a local station on the East Coast and it's since passed on to many, many other much larger corporations. But Bill Rasmussen, uh, the George Washington of ESPN and Justin's grandfather, was the one who discovered and brought Chris Berman to ESPN. So both gentlemen, both uh, Bill Rasmussen and Chris Berman are entertaining, colorful, well-connected, uh, funny guys who know a lot of people and tell great stories. And so Saturday night is going to be them and other local sports celebrities uh, sharing the stage. So Saturday evening event is going to be great food at the Weston in Bellevue. Great conversation, opportunity to mingle with uh, local uh, celebrities and Mr. Berman and Mr. Rasmussen. Um, and Sunday is our usual big tournament at Newcastle with those, with those two course options available. Sounds like a lot of fun and uh, so much going on there. Um, we're, we're, hold on just a second, Mary. Let me just pull this back. Okay. I wanted to get the website back up. Talking to Mary Kirchhoff, the executive director of Wonderland Child and Family Services, uh, providing great service to our community. And again, the tournament is coming up. Special weekend event for Wonderland Kids, an evening with Chris Berman at the Weston, Saturday night, August 10th. And then the 20th annual Justin Van Hollebeck Memorial Golf Tournament with Chris Berman, Golf Club at Newcastle, Sunday, August 11th. How important is a tournament like this, Mary? How much, if somebody coming out, they're like, well, I don't know if I want to spend, you know, 150 bucks, whatever, to go play in a tournament. How much of a difference does each participant that comes out and plays in this tournament make for you to be able to provide your services? 
That's a great question. Um, you know, if you want an inexpensive round of golf, a uh, golf tournament fundraiser is probably not your choice uh, for the day. But anything above the cost of the course to us goes directly to Wonderland's Uncompensated Care Fund. And uh, that's a term a lot of nonprofits use. But for Wonderland, we don't turn any family away uh, based on ability to pay. We provide services to everybody who comes to us who needs services. And it's these fundraisers, and specifically the golf tournament, any net profit above the cost of golf goes directly to a fund that supports these families. Uh, about 50% of our uh, client base of the, the families and children who come to us fall below the poverty line. So we, we need to support a lot of families and it's an important part of our mission to make sure we turn no family away that needs help. So uh, specific to dollars, uh, it depends on, there's a lot of things in a fundraiser that contribute to the costs, but we make sure that every dollar that is above the cost of golf goes to that uncompensated care fund. So for that additional cost compared to what you could pay to just go play at Newcastle in the summer, which is not inexpensive, and golf courses are for-profit ventures, they have a lot of golf tournaments. They don't discount them to nonprofits. Everything that's above that, lots of volunteer time goes into that. Uh, everything above the cost goes to that uncompensated care fund, and it helps. Our uncompensated care fund for last year was about $400,000 of money we directly provided to families to make sure they got the services that they needed. Well, and you just mentioned, Mary, that, for example, uh, you know, uncompensated care, the government isn't doing it, the tax dollars don't do it. And now that you've had to open a clinic for kids with prenatal substance exposure, I mean, these poor kids don't have a chance unless there is an intervention early on. And so we really all can make such a huge difference. And um, boy, to, to do that while playing golf, I'm down. Count me in. Well, thank you. It, it's a great day. It's actually going to be a great weekend this year. I guarantee people are going to have fun, be well-fed, have a great round of golf with their friends and with other people they might not have the opportunity to interact with otherwise. Chris Berman doesn't live here. He's donating his time. Um, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to experience uh, uh, sports legends that we don't bump into normally and to support a great cause. We look forward to it, and it's such a great community event. We have such loyal golfers. We have uh, golfers in our uh, community who have attended every year for 20 years. They make it a commitment on their calendar at the beginning of each year because we th throw such a great tournament. It's just fun. And it's for a good cause. You can't lose. Well, how cool. You can play in a scramble. You can play in a best ball. You can have d uh, an evening with Chris Berman. All of that's coming up. Uh, the weekend of August 10th and 11th, Saturday night at the Westin with Chris Berman. Sunday afternoon, August 11th at the Golf Club at Newcastle. 20th Annual Justin Van Hollebeck Memorial Golf Tournament. For more information, wonderlandkids.org. 
Again, wonderlandkids.org. You can find everything out there, or you can get in touch with Mary. Again, Mary Kirchhoff's the executive director of Wonderland. And Mary, thank you so much, and I'm glad to help uh, spread the word, and let's see if we can beat the drum a little bit and fill that field for you. Thanks so much, Josh. Look forward to seeing you in August. You're listening to Golf Talk Seattle with Josh Kearns on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. With health and fitness all the rage in golf these days, there are plenty of people claiming to be golf trainers and doctors. But Dr. Harry Sesse at Golfletica in Bellevue is the only certified chiropractic sports physician who actually works on tour with top PGA pros. If he can keep tour winners like John Rahm, Andrew Putnam, and others playing and moving their best, he'll be amazed what Doc and the team at Golfletica can do for you. Thanks to their special programs, classes, treatments, and training, you'll play stronger, minimize or eliminate your aches and pains, and better able to enjoy golf in life. Check out golfletica.com in Bellevue today. And welcome back to Golf Talk Seattle, your local golf show here on Sports Radio 950 KJR. And yes, I remain your ever humble caddy, Josh Kearns. I've had a chance the last couple of weeks to see uh, some of the best young players from not only Washington State, but the country and even around the world playing here in the Seattle area, Sahali Players Championship, a couple of other events. And the other day, I went out to my club, Glen Acres, uh, and over 100 young players from across the area were all teeing it up in huge tournament put on by the Washington Junior Golf Association. Oh, and did I mention at Glen Acres we have great deals on memberships, three grass rangers, four hour or less rounds, great people? Okay, just want to make sure I, I got that out of the way. Anyway, truthfully, I had not planned to cover it, but wanted to uh, get uh, some uh, attention for the WJGA, the great work they do, nonprofit, been around for years. Um, so I thought it would be great to just stick a recorder in the face of Executive Director Tyler Johnson in between the waves of mini DJs and Rory's and Annika's and uh, coming by. I mean, these kids are sticks. Let me tell you, they are, first of all, they're so damn cute. When you see it's like eight-year-old, but they're deadly. And um, it was great to visit with Tyler about that. So, Tyler, tell me, first of all, the, the WJGA, who are you? What exactly do you guys do? So we uh, are a competitive junior golf program for 8 to 18-year-olds. Uh, we started in the 1970s, so um, this is going to be our 43rd year uh, of operation. And, and basically our mission at WJGA is to provide a competitive golf program to uh, build sportsmanship and character. Um, you know, we see lots of our kids go on and play college golf, but really the main mission is, is to build those life skills that the game of golf teaches uh, to young kids um, that they take with them for the rest of their life. And, and in terms of um, why the kinds of kids who participate with you, is this only the most serious college-bound, you know, or is there room for a wider array of players? No, there, there's a wide variety. We do have, we do have scoring guidelines. Um, so if, if you're just brand new stepping into the game, we're, we're probably not the right place for you immediately. But, um, you know, like the oldest 16 to 18 boys is our oldest division. Their scoring guidelines is they should be able to shoot 85 or better. And it kind of gets higher from there as, as you get younger. And, and the 8 to 11-year-olds only play nine holes in our event. Um, so, we, and, you know, it is a wide range of golfers that we have. Um, but it, it's not, yeah, for the complete newbie. Um, should have some experience playing before you get into into our competitive program, yeah. 
Sure. Uh, and, and the kids, though, they I, I mean, I see them out. They were out all weekend practicing. I mean, I just see so many great things that comes from everything about tournament golf competitive. I mean, golf in general. But, um, you know, just such a great environment for these kids to be. If I if my daughter actually liked golf, uh, you know, I'd try and get her into it. But but that seems to be a big part of the culture around it. That's exactly. Uh, you said it perfectly. I mean, that's that's our main mission is um, – you know, golf just provides such a great um, place, venue, the life skills you learn that, that the kids are going to take with them the rest of your their life. It's the only sport where you, you call a penalty on yourself. Um, you know, in District 6, the first tournament of the year, we had a, a player, you know, five hours after his round call us and, and disqualify himself because he uh, was going back over his round with his dad at home and realized that he had miscounted and, and called us and said, um, I made an eight, not a seven on this hole. Um, you know, I don't think any other sport kind of teaches you stuff like that. Just the, um, the character, sportsmanship, uh, golf is unique that way. And uh, um, that's our main mission is try to pass those skills on to the kids. Talking to Tyler Johnson, executive director of the Washington State Junior Golf Association, or the Washington Junior Golf Association. What's the difference between WJGA and the uh, AJGA, which Kyle Stanley, who I had talked to this week, um, he hosted a, an AJGA tournament down at, at Canterwood in this past week here. So the AJGA is the American Junior Golf Association, which is an, a national um, junior golf. So they have events all over the country. Um, there's only one event in the state of Washington. Uh, Kyle Stanley is the, the tournament host for that. But that that would be um, where you would consider the elite players. Um, you know, you've you've got to be shooting in the mid to low 70s to to really want to play in their their events. So they they go all over the country. But that would be for the the top players um, that. Uh, that would look to play in that program. But you've got kids that can go low, too. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, lots of our kids, you know, the Kyle Stanley, the, we, you know, probably had 40 of our WJGA kids playing in that event. So a lot of them are playing in that. But it, the AJGA isn't for, for everyone. You've right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it, it's like being in the Olympic development program or something plus well and that's one of the things i'm one of the challenges of golf in general that face i'm sure that you guys try and tackle too is access to the game diversity so that it's not just the rich uh, you know or the most elite kids and my kid frankly would have qualified for the most elite kid category so i'm not casting any aspersions but i mean I, i would think that that's a huge part of what you guys do and i know in talking to jerry fair your predecessor quite a bit about that was that it was so important to him to make sure that that there was access Oh, for sure. And, I mean, you know, we, uh, we're a 501c3 C nonprofit organization, but, and we try to keep our, um, our fees as low as possible, that, that it's not going to be a detriment to anybody. Um, when, I mean, like for today's round, is it's a $45 entry fee, which um, it's pretty reasonable for 18 holes of tournament golf. Um, and, you know, a big part of that, too, is we've got a, an incredible base of, of volunteers across the state, um, we only have two staff members, um, but, you know, 100-plus volunteers and, and uh, tournament directors. So we're statewide, um, and each district we have two tournament directors that run the tournaments in their district, um, completely volunteer-based. Um, so they're really the, the heart and soul of the organization and how it all, all works. Like We have 
uh, four tournaments, almost 500 golfers playing around the state today. Um, and it's because of that volunteer help that we're able to do that. Wow, we're talking to Tyler Johnson, Washington Junior Golf Association. So if I want to get involved, if uh, people want to get involved as volunteers, do they have to have kids in the program? Can anybody do it? Anybody can do it. Yeah, we've got uh, our tournament director's info listed on the website. Um, a lot of our volunteers now are, are people that um, had kids or grandkids go through the program and just saw uh, what a great experience and wanted to get involved after. Um, sometimes it's people that have, have retired and they're looking in to get to the rules of golf and become a rules official. But anybody, um, and if, uh, yeah, you can find our info on site uh, online, www.wjga.net. And, uh, yeah, anybody can volunteer. I got to ask about the sign that I noticed in the parking lot that's out there. It's the big, basically, parents don't be jerks sign. <laughs> uh, if you were to stay, it says it in much more legalese and, and much more fun, but... Is there a challenge for you as running a youth organization to keep the parents from screwing things up too much? <laughs> sure. <they're>, they, mo- <laughs> most I'm of glad them, you admitted that, by mo- the way, because we all know how Most parents are, are, are great, uh, and, and, but that is one of our goals is, um, and one of the difficult things sometimes because you know, even our 8 to 11 division, uh, the players have to carry or, or push their own bag, pick their own club out. Um, we don't have caddies, and uh, so usually in the in the younger division, the first time parents, um, you know, if they haven't experienced before, aren't what they were expecting per se. But they they get the the gist of it pretty quickly and see, um, you know, uh, watching their kids do it do it on their own and and, and not be trying to coach or <laughs> come on, you good. The aggro parents are the worst. I can't believe you three putted. I mean, they're totally, they exist. Come on, you got to admit, we know they exist. (laughs) They might exist. (laughs) Not in 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 the, (laughs) that's maybe in the AJGA. Not not in District 6 here, though, Glen Acres, yeah. Not in District, so given (laughs) advice for parents whose kids are getting into golf, maybe starting to learn the game, you know, a lot of parents, their kids get into golf, but they don't know, they didn't play the game. What advice do you have for parents to get them into golf and enjoying it without the pressure of, oh, my God, you're going to play golf so you can get a college scholarship and you're going to make a billion dollars on the PGA Tour? Yeah, I mean, part of it is just um, let them go at their own pace. I mean, don't uh, – oftentimes if, if someone's pushed too hard, too fast, you know, as they get older, they, they might lose interest in the game when they get a little, little independence. But, you know, some of the things you said, too, like – uh, when a parent actively shows disappointment over a three putt, or you know the the kids see that and they they feel bad enough that they made a three putt, it makes them feel worse. Uh, you know if, if if they know they're disappointing their parent too. So I mean, mainly encourage encouragement is the biggest thing, not um, not feeling pressured or, or like they're letting them down in, in any way, but. And probably, I know I've heard from a number of teachers who say, you know, don't teach your kids or your spouse how to drive or how to play golf. Probably a, a good idea to, you know, maybe steer them, you know, if you're a parent, let your kid go to the pros. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. I mean, some parents are, are very good at it, um, but some some parents, uh, their kid is better than them. <laughs> um, so there are better, yeah, there's lots of good golf pros. Uh, I mean any public or private course will have good teaching pros 
Um, you know, if you have a, a female that uh, works better with a female golf pro, there's lots of female golf pros um, that they might be more comfortable with. But yeah, there's um, very uh, junior-oriented programs too, where and all the pros love working with the juniors. So I would just do a, do a little research, and because all the all the clubs have someone good out here. Yeah, we have a fabulous uh, junior program we're building up here too. So lastly, do do a little name dropping for me. Some some big names on the PGA Tour that started. In the WJGA? Well, uh, pretty much any Washington player that's made it big. Fred Couples is our original WJGA state champion. Uh, Kyle Stanley, Ryan Moore, Joel Damon, Alex Prue, the Putnam brothers. Putnam, Michael Putt- yeah, okay, um, so basically ev- anybody who is anybody. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, they've all, they all, they all played WJGA as a, uh, not if it was earlier than the 1970s, but... <laughs> then they're just lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the champ in 1948! <laughs> All right. And, and again, give us the uh, the website if people want to get more information. Yeah, wjga.net. Right on. Tyler Johnson, the executive director of the Washington Junior Golf Association. Thanks so much for spending a little time, and thanks for coming out today. Thank you for having me. It's Golf Talk Seattle with your caddy, Josh Kearns, on Sports Radio 950 KJR. Golfers, you may not be able to play like top PGA Tour winners like John Rahm, Graham McDowell, or Andrew Putnam. You can get treated and trained by their golfing doctor, Dr. Harry Sesse at Golfletica in Bellevue. Dr. Sesse is the only certified chiropractic sports physician who actually works on tour with top PGA pros. If he can keep them playing and moving their best, you'll be amazed what Doc and the team at Golfletica can do for you. Whether you're a serious golfer or a weekend warrior the golfletica team are tour proven experts in sports medicine biomechanics strength and conditioning reach your peak golfletica.com hey golfers i know how much the game means to you but it's nothing compared to what golf can do for a wounded vet or the family of a fallen soldier serving those who've made the ultimate sacrifice and their families is what drives the selfless founders and volunteers of a great organization i've gotten involved with called for the fallen For the Fallen is a local nonprofit that provides high-impact prosthetic, certified service dogs, and adaptive sports programs to ensure that America's heroes receive services and access at no cost to them. It's amazing. I went on a fitting recently, did a show about it. Uh, Leonard Anderson, a guy who, despite... Uh, severe injuries from an IED uh, and with the help of prosthetics is able to swing the golf club and and, uh, hit the crap out of the ball let me tell you anyway for the fallen is committed to growing these programs which directly impact the lives of injured American heroes who volunteered to serve our great nation and for the fallen has helped quite a few vets and families but there are so many more that need and want help and you can help them deliver these badly needed services. So I cordially invite you to come on out and play in the fourth annual For the Fallen's Puget Sound Warrior Golf Classic. It's coming up on Saturday, August 24th at Eagles Pride Golf Course at Fort Lewis in Tacoma. And this is a fabulous tournament. Let me tell you, a million dollar shootout. You can win a car with a hole in one. There's 10 grand for another hole in one. Long drive, straight drive, putting contest, even a helicopter ball drop. Come out, support For the Fallen. It's For the Fallen's fourth annual Puget Sound Warrior Golf Classic. A fantastic weekend. Saturday, August 24th, Eagles Pride Golf Course at Fort Lewis in Tacoma. Just visit their website for, that's the number four, dash thefallen.org. Again, forthefallen.org.